The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Loss helps us define our lives. By allowing our grief to matter, we discover our own strengths and embrace our authentic selves. Welcome to Good Grief with your host, Cheryl Jones. Get ready to be inspired, to create a deeper life, to make your time on Earth much more meaningful. Now, here is Cheryl Jones. Hello, I'm Cheryl Jones, and I want to welcome you to Good Grief, where we talk each week about the transformations that come from loss. I'm really so grateful to have you here. Go to my host page at Voice America to connect with me in your favorite way. I really want to hear from you with questions, comments, or to invite me as a speaker or consultant for your organization. Today, I'm happy to welcome Robert Lassoigne and Marilyn Chappelle, co-authors of Unfinished Conversation, both a grief memoir and a guidebook for those healing from loss through suicide. Robert Lassoigne is an educator, musician, writer, singer, and composer. His poetry, stories, and articles have been published in numerous alternative journals. He brings the strength and compassion developed through years of teaching music to inner-city children and teens to his support for survivors of suicide. Meditation and the study of Buddhism have been the ground of his daily life since 1990, lending a deep spiritual base to the healing process he offers in the book. Marilyn Chappelle is a licensed marriage and family therapist offering depth psychotherapy since 1990. She specializes in the treatment of trauma out of a strong foundation in mindfulness meditation and yoga, both of which she has taught for more than 25 years. The healing process in Unfinished Conversation is inspired by her study of leading clinical treatments for trauma, as well as early experience working on a suicide crisis line and as a therapist supporting individuals at the edge of life and death. Welcome, Robert and Marilyn. Thank you, Cheryl. It's nice to be here. Thank you so much for inviting us today, Cheryl. You bet. I'm looking forward to our conversation. I, I, I want to start here. I, I know you don't live in the same city. Robert, how did you come to write this book together? Well, I uh, met uh, Marilyn at a, um, a weekend retreat with Pema Chodron, the Buddhist teacher. It was a retreat on peace. Mm. Uh, and uh, I had actually, uh, my friend Larry Harpel had committed suicide uh, about two years earlier, and I'd been working on uh, journaling and on a manuscript. And when I met Marilyn, for some reason, we just uh, were talking about it. And I said, could I send her the manuscript? And that that that, that meeting, that uh, retreat was in Northern California in Marin County. And I live in Santa Monica. So um, from that point on, we communicated through emails and over the phone and um it's been an amazing relationship. Occasionally I go up there and we work up there, but most of it has been through um, media like that, and it's, it's worked out really, really well. 
That's something I'm finding with this show, too, that, that uh, relationships can happen in this kind of virtual world and, and be very deep and meaningful. It sounds like you've had that experience, too. Absolutely. And in fact, there's a certain connection that happens when you're just really focusing together on, on a project and you're on the phone. And we have, uh, we have this kind of thing we share where we feel like we're just one mind. Uh, isn't that right, Marilyn? Absolutely. When I read Robert's memoir for the first time, I recognized in the stages that he went through, through his own deep well of grief and recovery um, towards healing, I recognized that it was a model that, um, that could be relevant for other people going through the similar stages. So I wanted to create a book with Robert that offered sound clinical guidance for the reader's own self-directed journey. Sadly, there's some stigma around depression and depression and um, suicide and and uh, mental illness. But often, people that have lost someone to suicide pull in and isolate and feel more alienated. And I wanted a book to be available that could be a support, a guide through the journey of the person's own grieving, whether it was recent loss or from decades ago. So mm-hmm. much of that remains inside, and and it's possible for that to be related with and um, worked through and brought to more resolution and healing. Marilyn, that seems like a perfect time for for you to read a, a little bit um, the section that starts, you may think it's better to avoid. <laughs> um, that just seems right in line with what you're talking about. Yeah, I actually want to just say first that losing someone to suicide is one of the most devastating losses that we can experience. The grief is actually quite complex, and it's so deeply heartbreaking to have someone that we have so loved abruptly ripped from our lives. And heartbreaking also to know that they lived with such deep pain. So we feel both our pain in that loss, but also the pain of our loved one. Um, And all those feelings are a very natural response to something as devastating as suicide loss. Yes. Feelings with honesty and compassion. Can you truly hear? 
I really like the the use of the word befriending your complicated feelings. Befriending. Uh, that's that's how um, certainly I've experienced uh, inviting complicated feelings. You have to make friends with them and, and let them come sit with you. Behave <laughs> in a way that's manageable. Because if we are too overwhelmed or too shut down, we actually can't bring resolution to those healings. To those feelings, they remain trapped in the mind or the body. Yes, no, no force for sure. Yeah, yeah. and trauma actually is not about the event. It's what we carry forward from the event: the feelings, the thoughts, the body sensations, the impulses. <laughs> I'm imagining that rings completely true for your loss. Yes, Robert? Uh, yes, it does, Cheryl. And uh, I, I'm i a writer by just by my nature. I've kept a journal for years and years. I, I started reading The uh, the Artist Way uh, way back there in the 90s, and I every day I journaled. So somehow I, when my friend, my closest friend, Larry Harpel, uh, left us, uh, I just turn naturally to the writing. And then I think, I since I'm a Buddhist, I use that period of 49 days, which we call the Bardot period, which is the period between one incarnation and the next, to uh, kind of structure my writing. But the thing about it is that I just naturally expressed all my emotions, which at first were a lot of anger. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of a lot of feelings of betrayal. I mean, how could how could you do this to me? On it was purpose. My, yes. <laughs> so, and, uh, so, so we might assume, even though it's not yeah, entirely so true. I had to get through that, and somehow the writing uh, and the letters, I started writing letters to Larry. I started, uh, I, I discovered that I could write dialogues where I would say something, and he would, and then I would, I would write his response to me, and, and that, uh, what, brings to mind the thought of an unfinished conversation is that if you know a person really well and they're suddenly ripped out of your life, there's something that's still there in you, in your consciousness, that is is that person. And so you can actually communicate what you weren't able to communicate. So many people uh, with a suicide, they call it silent grief, which is another name of a, a very famous book about it, silent grief, where we don't express the grief. And I just naturally gravitated to the writing and through the writing uh, was able to express uh, at first anger, at first, uh, you know, betrayal. But then later, as the thing evolved, I got to uh, eventually to acceptance and to forgiveness and to realizing that my friend, I love him. He loves me. will always be connected. And so we got over the hump of the suicide but we were able to, uh, I was able to reconnect with him as a deep part of my life. And that gets back to the, uh, the principle, the Buddhist principle of interbeing, which means that you are, you inter are with everyone that you've ever known or ever loved. And that person, the physical body is gone, but the essence of that person is within us within you, within me, within everybody that has experienced that person. And so, it's a limited belief to think just the physical body is is that person because that person 
Larry meant a lot more to me and to the men in the men's group. We had a men's group together called the Lost and Founds uh, Men's Group. Love and, that title. And uh, he was a co-founder of that. And the men all shared uh, the grief, and we talked about it. We worked together on it, and it, it became uh, something that we uh, we realized uh, that Larry is still with us, and we're we're still connected to him, and we're different that he's dead, that he's gone, but we were able to heal from it and actually come out on the other side. And but that takes time. Sure. And Marilyn, one thing that struck me as I was reading the book is that none of the principles the two of you were talking about were, uh, in my mind, exclusively limited to suicide loss. Do Do you see the book having some application for other losses, maybe uh, the loss of a difficult relationship, or maybe, you know, I, I can imagine it resonating with uh, um, other lo- other losses people have experienced. Have you found that to be true? Yes. Excuse me. Any loss is painful and traumatic. And um, there are elements of all losses, especially sudden traumatic loss, that are shared. So, what Robert is speaking of now actually speaks to three tools that we drew upon in the book that I think are important for relating with loss. Uh, mindfulness and dual awareness and compassionate connection. The mindfulness is bringing a quality of awareness to the present moment with those feelings in a way that's safe and manageable and where they can be related to and done from a place of dual awareness where you keep one foot in the present with connection and safety and stability in the present as you relate with the painful past, whatever that is, whatever form that has been. And that is all held in compassionate connection with yourself for what you're going through with the loss, compassionate connection with the loved one that you've lost from whatever source, and also um, compassionate connection with at least one other person that can meet you and be with you at the depth of the pain and the intensity of the feelings where there's trust and understanding to find your way through that. So what uh-huh. Robert naturally did was to draw upon that in his writing and in his connection with the men's group and in his relationship with Larry as he continued to write and journal and relate with this person that he loves so much. Yeah, that's that's quite familiar. You know, we're coming up on our first our first break, actually, which uh Time is flying. I'm looking forward to this next segment. In the next part, what I'd really like to talk about, you know, I have have, um, a very keen interest in never giving the impression that grief isn't hard because we know it is. So I'd really like to talk about the losses you've both both experienced, more about Larry and, and more with you, Marilyn, about the losses that led you here, because I think that's such an important part of our conversation. Um, So we'll do that after this break. And in these few minutes, um, all you listeners out there, you can go to the Good Grief Host page to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and connect on LinkedIn. Also, you can go to my website, 
www.weatheringgrief.com. To reach Robert, go to unfinishedconversation.com. And to reach Marilyn, go to dharmaspirit.com. That's D-H-A-R-M-A spirit.com. We'll be with you right after the break. Save on your prescriptions with the RX Savings Plus Drug Discount Card offered by Voice America. It is not insurance and discounts are only available from participating pharmacies, but 9 out of 10 pharmacies participate nationwide. Start saving today. Print your free card online at voiceamerica.rxsavingsplus.com or text the word TALK RADIO to 96362. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. Welcome back. This is Cheryl Jones, the host of Good Grief. You can find me at Voice America and at my website, www.weatheringgrief.com. Today, Robert Lassoyne and Marilyn Chappelle, authors of Unfinished Conversation, are here talking about recovering from loss through suicide, the theme of their book. Robert, I thought we could start this section which is, which, um, in which we're going to talk about the pain of loss to a degree. Uh, I thought we'd start it with you reading a section from the book that's uh, a description of that time in your loss of Larry. Oh, yes. Uh, there's uh, chapter five. It's called Delving Deeper. And it's about this. what you said earlier about grief is never easy. And this is an example of it. Uh, it's uh, on page 27. It's three days after Larry's suicide. And I'm wrestling with a storm of emotions, sadness, anger, regret, loneliness, and abandonment, to name just a few. This is different from the times when close relatives have died from natural causes. Then I could just feel the sadness and the grief of the loss. But with Larry's suicide, my anger and judgment of him 
and his act are clouding my emotional sky. I understood that a mixture of sadness, anger, guilt, and overwhelm is a natural part of the process of coming to terms with loss, even with normal loss, but a death by suicide is so devastating and deeply traumatic for loved ones that the feelings are often much more intense, more intrusive, and harder to resolve. I know this flood of conflicting emotions is blocking my deeper feelings about the loss from coming through. I continue writing, and as I do, my outrage begins to shift toward curiosity. And here's part of a little letter that I wrote right to Larry. Larry, in your moment of resolve to die, to kill yourself, did you succumb to or did you overcome your fear? Fearlessness in the face of death is a good thing, a noble thing. But what about the fear we each must face in daily life? The fear of rejection, abandonment, being unloved. To experience fearlessness, we must first acknowledge the fear. Maybe if you'd been willing to turn and face it, my friend, you could have made other choices. If you could have listened to and understood your fear, maybe you wouldn't have invested it with so much power. What looked like an obstacle could have been a doorway, allowing you to step through the fear toward freedom. On the other hand, if you had actually overcome your fear and had attained a sense of fearlessness, why, why then wouldn't you have chosen to live? Hmm. Trying to find answers, huh? That's, that's what the first part of the book is really about. I, I, I describe it sometimes as a part spiritual journey and part detective story. <laughs> I mean, uh-huh. how how could this guy who was a, a teacher, who had just found love in his life, who was uh, supported by a men's group, who had a wonderful dog that he, uh, that he was with, I mean, he, he seemed to have so many good things going for him. How could he, how could he do this? And, of course, the ax- answer, as Marilyn has pointed out, is depression. Sure. Untreated depression, and that, that was a big factor. Was there a sense in which at times, Robert, you might, the sentence might have been, how could you do this to me? Yeah, absolutely. Uh huh. Because that, that seems to be an aspect that is quite, quite, quite painful in my understanding of suicide loss. Is... You, you share something with somebody so deeply, whether it's a lover or a very, very close friend or like a brother. Larry was like a brother to me. Um, you would think, I mean, you can't how can you break this bond that we have and just leave like that, you know, without any warning? So that, that yeah, I mean, and, and that's, of course, a selfish reaction. How could you do this to me? I mean, what, what, what I discovered when I began to write and put myself in Larry's place was the, the intense pain he was feeling, the anger that was unresolved in him, the fear, and all those things. So my writing helped me to have more compassion for him to empathize with him and, 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 to, and to kind of see the world through his eyes and, and eventually to understand and, and to accept and to mm-hmm. still, to still love. I I'm assuming though, Marilyn, that that's what you're talking about when you, you say the process can't be rushed, that what, yeah. what Robert's calling selfish, uh, 
you know, I guess we could we could also say you've got to pay attention to yourself to get through grief. Would you agree? You do at a pace that is manageable, so you can actually work with um, with those memories and the intense feelings. What happens is you begin to bring curiosity into your loved one's life and try to understand the contributing forces and um, what was involved in the complexity that led to their death, because it's, it's very complex. Um, you not only begin to understand more about your loved one, but you have an opportunity to contact your own thoughts and feelings and reactions, not just in the moment as you're doing it, but you begin to reclaim what some of those were back in the past. And there's a sense of remembering or reclaiming parts of ourselves that may have been left behind or parts of ourselves that didn't have an opportunity to say or do then what we may have more wisdom or understanding now. Um, and to begin to do now what couldn't be done then. Um, in the book, each short chapter of Robert's memoir is followed by exercises that are experiential, that helps the reader to lean into and move through their memories, their feelings, their grief, their pain. And each one is designed to create safety and stability and to focus attention. It's um, self-directed um, attention um, so that the narrative is going to evoke in the reader the painful memories because each chapter is short and addresses different stages of grief and healing. And then the reader is, is able to study their own present moment experience, both in themselves and to be curious about their loved one and those around them, how the ones around them are grieving, and then to give expression through writing, through talking, through taking action, through different practices that can help them um, give expression now that maybe was never available if they lost their loved one decades ago. That's still there to be met with understanding and compassion and to be worked with and worked through. And then each um, series of exercises ends with a practice to come back into your own heart, into the present moment with safety and groundedness and, and compassion to be mm. with what you, what's been evoked and what's been worked with. And so, uh, in a way, you're, you're trying to, in each section, um, take your readers to the place of, of um, unresolve, I guess, and then carry them out of that uh, towards the end of the, get them kind of back in their bodies and, and hearts um, before you send them off to the next chapter. Yes. <laughs> One is the choice to go back with a foot in the present, to go back with a sliver, one piece that is manageable to face or to relate with now. And that invokes the, that invites the mindfulness, which is engaged in the frontal lobes of the brain that can relate with the past without becoming overwhelmed or avoiding or shutting down. It's a choice to work with one sliver at a time. Um, with that dual awareness and with the compassionate holding of what is meant when we do that. And that's necessary to stay. 
step by step, bring resolution to what is being carried forward from the past. Marilyn, can you read one of those exercises and then one of your uh, return to the present moment? I mean, she did such a wonderful job with this. I just got to share it with the audience because they are so poignant and, and, and the present moment thing is... It'll help you if you're reading the book alone, just to, uh, if you can find one, Marilyn, it would be great just to read. Uh, Absolutely. Just... You know what I'd like to do is actually read two. One is for the reader, and then the other is what you might actually do as you bring other people into your awareness who are hurting, either family members or your loved one that's, that's passed. Beautiful. So take a moment just for yourselves right now. Sit quietly and allow your attention to rest with your breath. Meet whatever is arising in your mind and body with compassion. With each exhalation, feel as if your awareness is expanding outward. I rest in this moment with compassion and open awareness. That's so brings me a sense of peace even in this current present moment talking with you too. <laughs> Let me do one more. So just, just open your awareness again. Bring to mind someone you love who may be hurting. Maybe someone in your life, someone living, someone who's already passed. Bring to mind someone you love who may be hurting. Place your hand on your heart and breathe out compassion. May your pain and sorrow ease. May you be at peace. May my pain and sorrow ease. May I be at peace. That connects so well with something I've been thinking a lot about, um, which is that there's a kind of, when when grief begins to um, be worked through, there's a kind of natural outpouring to other people in pain. Uh, and, yeah. of course... Most of the people who I'm having as guests have had that experience, you know, and so have the two of you because you've written this book out of that place as I consider that a gift to other grievers. And in this case, especially those who have lost someone through suicide. Um, did Did you have that experience I'm talking about where you just needed to use your experience in some way? I for think, the good of others? I think that's what the book is about. I mean, I think that uh, when I just wrote my own journal, that is how I began to heal myself. And then when Marilyn looked at this journal and, and we decided, look, let's the, other people can share in this process. And that, uh, that's what I think unique about our book is the, con- the contribution that Marilyn made to it in, in the sense of being a therapist writing those, they're called exercises. And, and you shouldn't think of them, you have to do these exercises like homework. No grades, huh? If, no, no grades. But if you uh, read the chapter and you want to go further, and, and one of the things I encourage is for each person to, to create their own grief and healing journal. That's what I call it, a grief and healing journal. And then they use that, that, that journal to write their thoughts, write a letter to your loved one, write some poetry, you know, just explore through that process. And because that was such a healing thing for me, I think others can, and you don't have to be a writer to do this. I think others can learn from it. If you can write a letter, if you can just jot down your thoughts, 
you don't have to be literary. You just have to just put those emotions down and just get them out. And I think that's that's the important thing. And using the the exercises as a springboard to have you write more. Like one of the exercises is find a piece of music that reminds you of your of your loved one and 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 listen to it or write yes. the title of it down or write the lyrics of a song and and compile this stuff in your in your journal uh and, and what, what it does is it shifts your and and Marilyn knows more about this than I do that in in the in the brain you're shifting from just dwelling on the on the grief you're going into another area of curiosity of creativity and that's healing all those uh, those um, interactions that are going on, and you, you, yes. you're, you're thinking differently about it. The grief has become now transformed into something else. I did appreciate a lot in the book, though, that it was uh, that you interplayed the, the story of a particular grief, your grief, Robert. Yes. With the suggestions, because. Um, Obviously, I've read a lot of, of literature uh, about grief, but the things that I resonate with include story. Right. Uh, because right. it makes you a very trustworthy source. It makes the two of you a trustworthy source. Uh, yes. You've yes. actually done these things, you know, yeah. um, and yeah. use them for your own, um, your own process, yes? Yes, and, and everybody, everybody will have their own story and it's not imitating my story but it's discovering your own story but but the irony of of the situation the the the, the humor of certain aspects of the situation and and the tragedy all those things we each have that story and, and that's that's why I wrote it but not as a model for others to take off do their own thing right absolutely own, yeah guess what it's time for our second break unbelievably enough uh, <laughs> So in these few minutes, uh, listeners out there, go to my host page, goodgrief at voiceamerica.com. To reach Robert, go to unfinishedconversation.com. And to reach Marilyn, go to dharmaspirit.com. We'll be back with you in a couple of minutes. on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host. For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. 
Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. Welcome back. This is Cheryl Jones, the host of Good Grief. You can find me at Voice America and at my website, www.weatheringgrief.com. Today, Robert Lassoyne and Marilyn Chappelle, authors of Unfinished Conversation, are here talking about recovering from loss through suicide. Um, I'm interested in the kind of reception you've been getting to the book. Uh, Are you finding that People are are reading it who mostly who have had loss through suicide, or might it be clinicians working with people? What 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 do you know so far about uh, the readers? I'm hearing that the readers are recognizing it not just for loss to suicide. Um, some people that come to the book for that recognize that it's providing healing for other losses that have been unresolved from the past. The book was used by um, a colleague, Shoshana Alexander, as um, the framework of a support group so that the members could progressively work through the, the painful memories in their feelings. And one of the members of the group actually chose to not work with the person um, related to suicide, but more a family member they had lost years before. And as they began to work through those traces of grief and pain from the past, it actually helped them to begin to bring more resolution to the more current loss. Mm. That's very interesting to me because I I have this idea um, that when when a loss occurs it it sort of goes to the place of loss in us and and all the losses are opened in some sense to be looked at again do you find that's true as well absolutely yes absolutely like like when i was 20 years old when my my dad died and that i was too young to really understand that or appreciate that and then uh when my mother died i was in my 50s so i was able to actually sit with her at her last breath, actually chant uh, a chant, a Buddhist chant, Om Mani Padme Hong, as she was uh, uh, taking her last breath. And that, she gave me a gift because mm-hmm. I, was, I, I was not, I was too immature to really uh, be able to appreciate the, the death of my father. And I was, uh, I was away at the time and it was just, I, I grieved, and it, it traumatized me, and for years, it, 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 it really, uh, I was unresolved about that. But when my mom died uh, in her uh, late 80s, uh, I was able to be there with her, and that, that, was, that helped. I mean, in, in, in other words, that gave me, uh, reflecting back on my dad's death, uh, a new realization about death and a new realization about grief. And 
with my mother who, who had the Alzheimer's and was not taking in much nutrition at all and just kind of wasting away. Actually, her death was uh, a, a transcendent, uh, a, a relief. It was uh, letting her go. You can go now, mom. It's okay. So the, the grief was more of a joy because that she needed to move to another plane of existence and uh, her body at this point was not something that, you know, was, was, was working for her. So she gave me that gift of being able to be with her and, and that, that, um, and that comes back again and again. So when you're, if you're able to be with somebody when they're dying, I think that is a very transcendent experience, very deep and uh, something that uh, is, I, if (laughs) if you're ready for it again, huh? If you're ready for it. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yes. Very much. Away from us. So the importance to know that even though we can't, we can look at if I were to be there in those former moments, what would I say? What would I do? That's one of the exercises in the book to yeah. look at how to meet that final chapter in us, those final moments even in a way that we may would have wanted to do. The other thing is that resolution and healing goes on through time. It doesn't stop with the event. Absolutely. It's to work through in our hearts and our minds and our the traces that are left behind. So in subsequent passings, it could be the passing of a, a pet, a beloved pet, or subsequent passing of another friend or a loved one. As we open to that letting go, those big letting goes that go along with, with um, death and dying, as we open to that, it can bring the compassionate holding and resolution to even our current loss through suicide. The process goes on. The healing process goes on. For a lifetime, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I was thinking when Robert was talking, it, the phrase that kept coming in my head was, it's never too late. Yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. grief, there is never too late for grief. Um, in fact, in this very moment, can, can our broken hearts open in this very moment to greater understanding and perspective and meaning and greater compassion? It's right. It's not something we're going to do later. It's right here. Can right here now. Just a little bit around this pain, this, this, um, this ache in my heart, even right here. And in some sense... Um, uh, to me, that is that is one of our most um, one of the most alive parts of us, the part that that continues to experience loss and to unfold with it. Don't you think? Absolutely, absolutely. It's it, when you, we look at it instead of avoiding it, then we can see a benefit from it. Then we can get some the gift that it that it maybe. We're not aware that it's there, but the gift will later, later come to us and we'll understand it. And the relationship with your loved one doesn't end with the death. The conversation, sure. that, that connectedness um, will always continue, always, for yeah. someone that you've loved. I, absolutely. I, absolutely. And, of course, I'm thinking about that a lot lately, just noticing uh, the conversations I, ha- I continue to have with the people I've lost uh, that are, you know, kind of in my mind, giving me suggestions on how to do this radio thing. 
<laughs> so I guess I know them that well that I know what they would say. <laughs> right. Uh, um, where do you want to take this? What What do you see now that you have the book? It's I know it just came out very recently, so you may still be, you know, thinking about what you each might. Um, where you might take it, but do you have any thoughts about that? And the main um, intention is that it reaches people who are suffering, who are suffering from suicide loss, traumatic loss, any loss, where they're stuck in that overwhelming pain or remorse or the grief, that there's a way to bring that into the light of awareness, the light of compassion, and to work through that, that you can release the traumatic traces of the past and transform the pain. So that's for individuals. Sadly, the, the suicide rate has increased. There are over a million people worldwide take their lives every year. Well, imagine yeah. how many people those people impact. Yes. That's exactly right. Yes. It's heartbreaking. Um, more deaths per year than to homicide and war combined. More than auto accidents. Scary. It's, um, it's tragic. So there's a lot of suffering that comes from this depth of the traces of depression. For everyone that takes their life, there's at least 20 that attempt suicide. The, the level of suffering is great. And if we can break through the barriers of stigma and isolation and alienation, we all have an opportunity to touch our own painful places. We all have an opportunity to create that safe and stable and compassionate holding for others that are hurting and to create the conditions for healing through such pain. So whether that's an individual, whether it's support groups, whether it's um, the professionals that work with them, the therapists, the universities that train the therapists, there is such a need to meet the deepest level of pain and suffering with safety and compassion and understanding and in time forgiveness. And I, I saw the writing of the book as one stage, and now we're in the stage where we want to get the message out and doing interviews like this. And uh, uh, in April, there's a big conference of the American Association of Suicidology, where I'm going to be on a panel on, uh, on uh, survivors and uh, religion. I'm going to be uh, speaking from the Buddhist point of view. Where but is that I, taking place? It's going to be Robert? taking place in Los Angeles, mm. California. And... Um, it's uh, the AAS, American Association of Suicidology. But also, I'm, I'm feeling like um, I want to do, begin to do workshops. I want to be able to uh, reach people and uh, act, get, get their paper and pencil in their hand. And for those survivors, to get them to try to begin to express. And that's what the, the book is, is, um, is an interactive book. It's not just to be read. It's to be, to, you're supposed to use it. And that's what I want to do now is... Uh, the new the new phase is to get the word out and to actually make some some connections with people and uh, do some workshops and so that's that's on the horizon. Mm-hmm. And and Marilyn, I imagine you already use much of this in the work that you do with clients. Are you are you planning on adding other things as well? It's actually because of the work that I do with clients that I've written this book. So it, it's, um, this captures some of the basic elements that are needed for healing through traumatic experience, whatever form that 
Yes. Uh-huh. It's fantastic. I I hope that um I I'm I'm it sounds as if let me, tell me if I've got this right. The two of you are each taking the book and using it in in particular ways that fit with what you're doing in your lives that you're not doing workshops together. At, well, at least currently. Not currently. Unfortunately, she lives in uh, Northern California. I live down here in Southern California. <laughs> it would but, involve some travel, yes. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I think we will at some point get together. But uh, I'm working mm-hmm. down here to try to do some workshops uh, at, through Agape Spiritual Center is one of the places I would like to do them and um, other things like that. So, yeah, I think we're both working in our own areas to um, help people understand mm-hmm. and, and to use this book. given birth to it and now it's got wings to fly <laughs> to the four corners <laughs> yeah we're hoping yeah that's what yeah. we want to do oh i'm sure that it will because i think there's uh, at least i have not encountered a huge amount of of um writing about loss through suicide um focused you would know more than me but i haven't run across a lot for grievers that specifically um, talks about the particular, the added issues in that in that form of loss. Right, and and nothing that's as user friendly as our book that that actually prompts the reader to take their own, uh, to take the pen in their own hand and actually begin to journal and to begin to heal through that process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you have you heard from readers? What kind of things are they are they saying? Oh, it, wait a minute! I just realized we're we're getting towards the end, and I want to hear the, these last few writings. So, Marilyn, could you read the the section that starts as I finish writing? I will. I was just going to say very briefly that it's unforgiveness, and if we let ourselves feel the armor and painful emotions that we've carried because we've not forgiven, if we let ourselves feel the pain of keeping our heart closed. We can actually begin to feel the tenderness, that softness in our heart that allows for healing and eventual forgiveness. So let me read this section towards the end of the book. As I finish writing, I feel a great weight lifting from my heart. I am beginning to let go of the suffering I have been carrying for so long from the past. And I sense the first glimmers of forgiveness for Larry and for myself. I can feel the pain and the price of keeping my heart closed to this man I so loved. I let these feelings carry over into my writing as I continue. 
brother. I forgive you. I know that what you did that caused me pain came from your own anger, your confusion, and your fear. While I don't agree with your choices, I can feel in my heart forgiveness for your pain and suffering and the actions that arose from them. I forgive you, and I want you to know that whatever you did in the past, however you caused me anguish, it's time for me to welcome you back into my heart. Yes. Oh, fantastic. I, I We have just you know, a couple of seconds. And what I, what I want to say is thank you to both of you for being here with me. It's been tremendous and I wish we had longer to talk. Um, Thank you, Cheryl. We've really enjoyed your show and we're just honored to be, to be on it. And so thank you very much for inviting us. It's been, it's been a real pleasure and listeners, uh, I hope you'll join me next week. I'll welcome Amy DeFresny. She lost her husband and her father in the same year and decided to keep going instead of giving up. She wrote a book called Keep Going from Grief to Growth. Um, thanks so much, and I will be with you next week for another meaningful conversation. Thank you so much for joining us for Good Grief. Please come back next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Cheryl Jones, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a meaningful week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.